Welcome to the Limitless Performance Podcast by Meta Endurance, the podcast in which we explore the boundaries of human performance and how science, coaching, equipment, and more help athletes and fitness enthusiasts to overcome their limits every single day. My name is Alex Filiti, and I'm your host in this podcast designed to help every listener to go beyond their limits. In today's episode, we have the honor and pleasure to welcome two of the best ever triathletes, Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden. Christian is the current Olympic champion and Ironman 70.3 world champion. Gustav is the current Ironman world champion. He won the race last year in Kona with a very special on-running shoe. I hope you will enjoy the discussion as much as I did. Christian Gustav, thanks so much for being here with us. We're uh, in Zurich at OnLabs. You're here for testing, meeting on, and we have the opportunity to do some content with you video-wise uh, on YouTube and hear the podcast. How are you guys? Um, sleepy today. I do not like to get out of my regular schedule too much, but it's exciting to meet on here. And it's, yeah, the company is fantastic. But to be honest, I'd rather be on a training camp in a mountain with no people around me. Yeah. I would say so. The same. <laughs> like, uh, been now traveling for like almost three months. Got a bit sick the last six weeks. So, we start off Abu Dhabi. So, now it's two months until the next race. And uh, looking forward to just get back on camp and just to swim, bike, and run and nothing else, just to get back in shape. But yeah, it's good to meet the people here uh, before the next round of like working with uh, yeah, the progress towards Paris and uh, yeah, see the people again. Good. You are in, in Morocco, Morocco for your training camp. First time in Morocco for in altitude. Uh, why the choice of, of Morocco? Uh, for people that don't know, you go very often to Sierra Nevada. Yeah. And so we have been uh, in Sierra Nevada for many, many, many years. And it's a great location in many ways, but we are also a bit tired of that place. So it was nice to try something new. And also the, in Atlas Mountain, where we're training in Okamdan, it's even higher than Sierra Nevada, 2,600 meters. So when we had an opportunity to go there with a, a friend of ours, then yeah, we took the opportunity and we had a good camp in many ways, but both me and Christian struggled a lot with sickness. So that was a bit annoying. Yeah. I don't know if it was just higher altitude or some other issues, but um, yeah, a lot of sickness. Okay. Is it not too risky to go change the altitude at which you train in altitude camp, uh, I mean, we're far from Paris, and so the, the main goal is far away, so you can test some stuff. But what's the risk you're taking doing that? I think it's no risk. Like, uh, as you said, it's pre-Olympic year. So uh, this is like the season to try out something new. And uh, yeah, 300 meters higher. If it went wrong, we can always uh, use the next three, four weeks to get back into normal rhythm again. Uh, but yeah, it's good to try out something new and the timing was okay. And I think that's also a bit part of our training philosophy and history that we are not afraid of doing new things. So we had a training camp many years ago where we basically did super long rides and super long sessions just because we are yeah, not afraid to do new things, including going to new places. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. Uh, if, we, if we take a, a step uh, back looking at uh, your career, you of course have like many titles. Uh, 
you have the current Ironman long distance title in Kona last year. Uh, you do have the 70.3 title right now and the Olympic title still is yours. Um, but you also have like a role in the sports uh, outside of winning races. You're, you have an image, you, you transfer some values to younger people. How would you define this role uh, as ambassadors of the, of the sport of triathlon? I think we are good at the translating kind of hard work into also having fun and uh, being open about what we're doing and try to educate a bit about triathlon so uh, yeah we do a lot of uh, different things and uh, I mean a lot of people do different things but I think we are more open about it so we seem even more extreme than others is that um maybe asking you christian how does centara 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 tech uh, the company you founded uh with your coach and with your manager how does it uh come into this picture of um you know you playing a, a bigger role uh in, in triathlon i think that's really about like the lifestyle we have like it's triathlon 24 7 so both outside of the sessions we do try to do every <clears throat> everything we can to improve and spend our time like testing and developing new stuff and uh, to be able to work together now with the partners that we do to yeah get like the best uh, both equipment and sensors that's out there on the market and get that competitive advantage when you get to a race i think it's, it's like a part of uh, keeping uh, it more entertaining like when we are chasing that goal in the future yeah. entertaining but also quite innovative right centara tech is about uh you helping brands and brands helping you become uh, more performance uh, stronger uh, develop new technologies uh how did you come up with the the idea of like something really really different than you know you have on the on the market no other company like this one i, I guess so, so Olav, our coach has been working very very closely with most of the brands for maybe almost 10 years uh, and he's the one who like started having this close relationship with all the brands and me and Gustav has been like the athletes he's been using to to get that uh, yeah as being been his testing rabbits to develop the different sensors and the products and now it's more about taking it one step further and getting it more organized and uh, uh, yeah getting it more organized um are you playing just the athlete role in that in that uh, picture or do you have some sort of uh, extra um i don't know maybe you know when you retire are you gonna use this uh, instrument to coach other people uh to uh, work with brands and and still develop new new things uh, is that some plan for the future as well or is it well, just so now it's not just the athlete role i think uh it's not just to have a product and putting it on an athlete and then read the data we have to actually give valuable feedback as well so even though we're just an athlete if uh yeah we're using it day to day we have a lot of input to give to ola ola is of course more um about the data we're getting and accuracy but me and christian is more about the practicality so we need to give valuable feedback so i don't think it's just about yeah being handed a product and then being tested on but actually being athlete that can give good feedback back to the um, yeah, firstly to Olav and also to the product themselves. And is that very time consuming? Are you, you know, spending? Yeah, I would say so. It takes both time and energy to do stuff like this. And for example, now we will go down to the lab later on and test like all the different shoes that they have now for the next round. And uh, uh, of course, having all of these people around takes energy and uh, 
but it also gives us a lot of energy to be a part of like a bigger project and knowing that uh, uh, like we are a small puzzle in making a shoe better. Yeah, so it's not, uh, yeah, shoe testing is especially, it is hard because you have to test the shoes at uh, a certain speed because it's, yeah, you can't just run easy pace and you have to run quite a bit. So leading into Hawaii, I think I had in one day almost 40K on a track just to do all the shoe testing. So it's not like, yeah, you can't you can't just run easy and give good feedback. You have to actually do it at race pace and you have to have some distance or else it won't give any feedback. And we have the same with our tri suit and the wetsuit. So it is energy consuming and time consuming, but it also gives a lot back. Yeah. And it's also the reason why we started some tire attack because we do enjoy these kind of things, even though it takes some energy away. Yeah. But if we see that we are, losing performance big time because it takes too much energy then we have to reevaluate the way we're doing things but for now i think it's it's working quite yeah well. it's working pretty but well. also spicing up like the life when you're on training camps to have people coming up with new ideas me maybe coming there for three four five days and doing testing that's yeah. like a little flavor in our daily life and yeah, it's cool i think we'll come back to the shoe development part and also to the like happiness and, and mental health part uh, later which you you touched uh based on here but first moving from long distance to olympic distance uh you guys like challenges right uh and this has never really been done before is that the sole reason why you are trying this uh thing or are you excited motivated by the idea of doubling the olympic title and maybe winning winning it for the first time uh, yeah it's never been done before but that's mostly because people have been doing uh, short distance for as long as possible and then move over to long distance when they kind of find their short distance career is kind of going slightly downhill. Uh, for us, we wanted to do the Ironman earlier in our career just because uh, we saw it as an opportunity. So that's part of the reason why it's never been done before. And also I think the other reason is because it's extremely hard. <laughs> it's a way different kind of racing and then just go hard from the gun in a different way and really attacking that hard i feel that was the biggest challenge for me now i have done a couple of races since my short distance career started back up again and so far it's been a huge struggle much bigger than i thought it would be so hopefully it will be a bit easier when i come more into it but for now it's been maybe a bit too big of a challenge than i like <laughs> You you have that sort of maybe long distance fiber a bit more in, in you. Um, your uh, physiology is maybe more tuned to longer distances, right? Whereas you, Christian, can go a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm like, not sure. Okay, I'm not sure actually. I think uh, it is uh, it is an interesting thing because uh, I am faster than Christian uh, in a short distance or like sprinting in both swim, bike, and run. Not just sprinting, like yeah. three four minutes. Yeah. But he still is faster than Olympic distance. And then like on a full distance again, I'm like better again. So it's, uh, it is an interesting dynamic there. And I think Olav and ourselves hasn't really figured out 100% how to train either because uh, the body is extremely advanced and to figure out how to train everything, it's, it's a big challenge. So I think the reason I'm better at long distance is because I'm more, I figured out better how to train for it than my actual body composition. But I think once I really, really figure out how to train for a short distance, I would become, yeah, a beast there as well. 
I okay. guess I guess one of the reasons why people haven't done like the switch back and forth is also a little bit because people like to have it comfortable. You know, when you first start, if you first start to win the seven point race or full distance Ironman, it's much more easy to just stay within the long distance and uh, yeah, you're safe and you're a lot of people don't go out of their environment. Well, we are not that scared of that challenge. And uh, yeah, that's also why we are bouncing back and forth because that's the fact that it's hard makes it also the more joyful Interesting. to, to yeah. chase it. Yeah, and I, this is uh, a big, big, big money loss thing for me as well. I could have, uh, yeah, do, do the PTO racing and just focus on the 100K distance and do some 7.3s and be well in the PTO ranking and get some money there. And now I But you will do the PTO races, won't you? Um, that's a bonus for me. I have to show that I can actually do 100% short distance before I can do the halves because it's not a challenge for me to go to the Olympics and come top 10 again. That's uh, that's not, not what I'm in it for. I have to be in Paris and be able to fight for the gold. And to be able to fight for the gold, I have to kind of show beforehand that I can do it. When you, when you hear that, Christian, how do, you, how do you feel? Because he's coming for you, right? He's coming for your title and you will try to defend it. <laughs> Are you like scared on your chair and you think like, oh my God, Gustav is coming? <clears throat> or do you feel it's like more of a, you know, extra challenge and extra motivation for you to have Gustav <laughs> training even harder, not to make I just think, to a top 10, but like win it? I think he, like, of course he needs to have that mentality that he's there to try to win or at least get on the podium uh, because if not like if you don't have the, those kind of athletes around you with that mentality you feel that it's sort of slack in the group so you need to have those guys around uh, uh, but also like I don't think Gustav is the biggest threat when it comes to Tokyo like it's it's maybe Paris a Paris yeah <laughs> it's maybe 15 guys who can win it so it's not the same way as in Armand then Gustav is the man to beat Who's the biggest threat in your in your opinion for Paris? The two of you. Well, it's, oh. it's, I think it's a lot of athletes now who is kind of uh, in between winning. But obviously, Alex Yi is an incredible runner and overall athlete. And yeah, Hayden Wild is good. And Matthew Hauser is coming. Yeah, it have it's so many athletes that can fight. It's not like ten years ago where we had basically three three athletes that was on another level, but now it's a lot of them. So it would be stupid of me to just worry about Gustav. So it's better to just work together, share the experience we have and the knowledge and make sure that we're both standing on the Paris podium uh, or pontoon yeah. as well prepared for the race as possible. And then whoever wins that race, I think we'll both be happy for it. You, for Tokyo, you had that uh, heat humidity environment for which you trained specifically, you developed the specific suit. Um, what's the one thing you will have to pay attention to in Paris that's different from any other, uh, you know, triathlon course for the Olympics? For now, the course is not even um, available. The Fren French ones is holding it back, yeah, keeping it secret for as long as possible. So we don't know what really is the kind of X factor for Paris. I mean, it's most likely going to be a warm European summer, but not like Tokyo. And uh, it's going to be most likely flat because there's no hills or mountains in Paris. But other than that, it's not that easy to find like this one talk po uh, talking point about uh, Paris. But I think also Tokyo was a bit 
I wouldn't say overhyped, but it's uh, easy for media to focus on this one thing. Like uh, heat and humidity sells to the public. It's kind of easy to understand that you have to prepare for the heat. But Tokyo was much more than a heat. It was a uh, threshold pace. It was uh, explosiveness on the bike. It was this huge, complex thing. But uh, you can boil it down to, yeah, you have to manage heat and humidity. But of course, it was much more clump- complex than that. So I guess it's a river swim. So that will be a factor and probably some cobbles on the bike, which will uh, be a factor as well. And also the fact that the aero bars is now illegal that can maybe also change the dynamic. So we will have to work a little bit more aerodynamic on the road bike in the, within the UCI rules. So that's like just a few small things. Yeah. But I think main, and also maybe the swim level will increase. Um, talking about how you will be training, your training method and what you're doing with ULF is quite public, right? You share a lot of it and you're not afraid to put out your sessions, explain how you're doing it, uh, showing numbers even, uh, all the lactate pricking that you do. Uh, you see it on social media pretty much everywhere. Uh, why so open and are you not afraid that uh, it's actually giving an advantage to your competitors that haven't figured that out? It would take more time to, to figure it out and you just show it uh, so I th- openly. I think so far it's just 10% that's out there. So what the things that uh, we reckon will be that is like an advantage for us to keep back. That's something we will keep back and hold for ourselves until we are retiring. So it's still a lot of uh, research that's been done that's not out there yet. Yeah, and also uh, it's uh, many people know what to do, but uh, the hardest thing is to actually do it. Execute. Yeah. So. Uh, the, the people that are on our level, they are just good at doing the daily things and doing it uh, yeah, day in, day out. But I guess a lot of researchers know in theory how to train well. But uh, it's different to go out in a rainy weather in Bergen to actually do training. Are you, are you happy though that you see your training methods or at least, at least philosophy, that consistency, um, you don't... You don't go very intense or you don't, you don't burn too many matches on a daily basis. You're a really consistent, high volume. Uh, are you happy to see that uh, maybe translating to age groupers, uh, seeing you as taking you as examples and trying to not replicate the method, but understand that it's the consistency that matters more than any like key session uh, performed here or there? I'm not sure if people really see how often we are going hard. Like uh, we're just going hard in a different way. We are more stretching it more over a couple of weeks rather than having that one single day. So sometimes we can really be on the limits, but in a different way. Yeah, but a lot of people look up to to Christian in the age group environment because uh, he's fat and uh, they want <laughs> <laughs> and they like some representation in their own uh, weight category. So it's funny to say people on Instagram tagging <laughs> Christian in his images. Wow, he's but just on the like other, me. On the other hand, I mean, I, 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 see, the, I see the jokes <laughs> and I mean, you, it's, it's also good to have that, that spirit, but people also understood that, you know, the leaner is not necessarily the better and that's actually probably even like the contrary of it, like calories are energy. Uh, yeah. Olaf says that all the time, right? Uh, yeah. When you listen to him and maybe people are like understanding that they need to like fuel themselves properly to perform. Uh, you you know, would rather the- build the engine stronger than... Uh, trying to uh, cut weight and just use the engine you had, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think that's what we're really focusing on to get stronger and build engine and the capacity more than uh, 
doing that quick fix and yeah. just losing losing some weight. Yeah. <clears throat> um, moving to shoes, we are at the On Labs here, and uh, you are working with them for a few months now yourself, uh, Gustav and, and Christian. You joined the roster, the, the great triathlon roster that On is building recently. Um, very simple question: Why On? I think it's because what we can build together on the way to Paris. Uh, they showed already before Kona that they were very heavily invested in the project. They sent a lot of people up to Forma, helped Gustav develop the shoes and like the whole process there and how engaged they are uh, in this project uh, is what's uh, motivating me at least. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... When I signed, it was not the product they had, but the team they had here and the willingness to put the team to work and uh, some of the ideas they had. So uh, yeah, a definite design for the future. Christian, when when Gustav signed and people were coming to Fond Romeu, you saw the shoe, right? The, the Kona shoe being made, uh, a few prototypes, I guess. Did you, at some point in your mind, feel like, okay, if it comes down to a battle with Gustav on the run, he's going to have the edge because of the shoe that you, you saw then in, in Fond Romeu? Was that something in, in the back of I, your mind? I was on the same track when they were testing and I heard they were like, okay, now it's faster than this and this shoe. Now it's faster. Oh, it's even faster now. <laughs> For every time they came up there. And uh, uh, yeah, I felt it when we came to Kona. And suddenly, normally I lead like 90% of the interval sessions. And now he was run, leading for 95% on the final uh, quality session on the run. And I knew that I just have to change my tactic. I have to play my cards right. I have to do no work at all on the run and just hope that he is digging his own grave which he unfortunately didn't do <laughs> um yeah. so so there was a, a bit of like that that shoe gave uh, an extra confidence to you gustav yeah uh, and sure. you christian felt it in the in the training uh, which is interesting i think because it's one element and it can like uh doesn't make you win a race right but it yeah. maybe helps a tiny bit yeah um, do, do you feel like now these, like this one, the, the shoe you had, uh, being banned is something, uh, going wrong against your performance, or is it just like something that you took advantage of because it was legal back then and now you have to play by the rules and like, you know, adapt with something else? Yeah, we always play by the rules, but if it's no rules, then you can do whatever you want. So, uh, it's still possible to uh, do shoe development, but it's definitely not as fun as it was but of course you need some kind of uh, regulations you can't just have a, a free-for-all i think it's uh yeah the 40 mil stack height rule it's uh it is okay it it should be placed somewhere but i was hoping that uh, it was still allowed with some kind of prototyping it's uh now it has to be available available and on the world athletics list which is yeah i wouldn't say boring but it's a bit uh, restrictive because uh, one of the huge advantages with on is that they can do so rapid prototyping we can make uh, basically a brand new shoes in a couple of weeks you know so to have that ability is kind of uh, yeah lost now when everything has to be um, registered but we still uh, i would say yeah. the advantage is still there like you can't use it directly in a race the newest version but you can yeah. still work on the shoes For like sure. in the background so you have maybe a little bit older shoes that you're using for the race and then you still work on the shoe you would yeah because yeah so that's basically what we're doing now we are in training we have a better shoe than in racing because yeah we can always push the limit day to day 
but in racing it has to be a bit more uh, yeah registered do you feel like changing this 40 millimeters rule would uh, help you know push performance increase the performance or like even maybe uh you know reduce the injury risk when racing and pushing it too much because of that extra foam saving your legs is that something you're uh proactively um you know pushing to to to, to no, change no, or yeah no. you just don't no. care and it's like it's no. set and whatever. It's set. yeah yeah you need uh, the rules one place yeah and uh, 40 mil is a it's a good place to set it okay um can you maybe because we have a, a bunch of shoe geeks uh listening and, and and watching can you share um maybe your top three on shoes that you're using on a daily basis and how you're using it or like <laughs> i'm know. so awful with shoe names <laughs> <laughs> gustav uh, can you help him uh i think um yeah we have some shoes that's not been named yet so it's uh Yeah, we are. Uh, we have some good shoes, but they are not readily available, and it's not uh, like an official name. So, uh, but from the public lineup, I would say you you like the um, the Echo Three, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I think people listening will be like, "Oh, is this now available?" Because I think it's hard to find or like not available for everyone. It's, it's it is uh, uh, it is available, but it's. It's limited. limited. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah, limited. Yeah. And uh, the monster. Yeah. And good for high vo long volume runs. Yeah. Are you using some, some trail shoes as well when you go, like for instance, in Morocco on some like dirt, or do you just go uh, with the monster? Yeah, the, I think it's called the Ultra. Ultra. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, also nice, but I don't think you use them. I tried them. And then for Christian, maybe the surfer also. So Gusta has more knowledge about the <laughs> names of the shoes that I'm wearing. I'm more going by the colors. <laughs> the look, yeah. blue one, red one, orange one. Um, very good. Um, I think moving to something a bit more, you know, holistic um, happiness and, and mental health um, is something we are we're hearing lots and lots about recently and is very good. It's become, becoming a bit more vocal and, um, you know, a public topic, to say. Um, you two, I think you, you, you use that word and that's why I, I'm allowing myself to use it. You live some sort of monk life, right? Um, I think it was you, Gustav, that said that word in another podcast. How do you, how do you manage to keep on having that lifestyle, um, every day? It's like, you know, same routine and, uh, being the two of you together with Olaf on training camp, not having that many distractions, no girlfriends, no, uh, I guess, <laughs> yeah. uh, if I remember well. How do you, how do you uh, it's, it's cope with that? It's not a policy that? we have. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like there's a policy, so. So it, we are, we have no girlfriend by choice, but it's not our choice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Now I think uh, most people live this uh, same routine life, I guess. That's what the norm is in the world. It's, uh, it's not normal for people to do different things every week. Like if you look throughout history of humankind, it's uh, what we're doing is kind of the norm to do the same day in, day out. But I think the biggest difference me and Christian has is that we have a sense of evolution in our life. We have a sense of uh, where we've been and where we're going and really trying to improve every single day. So we have like both the day-to-day -day things that we have to do, but also the really, really long picture that uh, we're always hunting for and that at least gives me yeah a purpose but you you never you never struggle you like never wake up and feel like oh, okay this is going to be a hard day or yes yeah, now today yeah okay sometimes you do but so how still, do you cope with that you just still check your trading peaks and see what's 
on the menu and uh, yeah it just feels harder to skip the training than actually doing it as long as you're not sick so it's just like that routine of just getting the job done and uh, yeah it's quite simple if you just get used to it yeah but it's not the norm in the world no you wake don't, up wake you, up go to work yeah and then you don't have the same it is but i think you know you do it in a very um hard way in a way um you don't see your family that often you travel like 200 days to 50 days per year uh what was when was the last time you went to bergen to spend like a week with your family uh i was home over christmas so i haven't been home this year so far so but know, i'm going home today actually are we going home today is is christian like a bit like family to you now uh, yeah that. for sure i'm spending way more time with uh, him than i do with my birth family and as the same with uh, with uh, olav and uh, i actually see the on team quite a lot now and training camps and team from morton and adam uh, our manager so we have a big team around us that's uh, it is kind of like family because you do spend a lot of time with them and you get uh, yeah emotional attached to them as well so it's not yeah, of course, I would like to see my parents more and my family more, but... Uh, and yeah. that's what I meant with the, the monk life. There's absolutely yeah. no negative, yeah. you know, connotation or... Yeah. Uh, but it's it's but tough. I mean, you know, even emotionally when I think of it, I'm like, wow, this must be like something not going home like after not seeing your parents. it's been quite intense over the last two years. So I guess it's not going to be this intense for the next 10 years. It's probably going to... Drop a bit. Drop a little bit, I guess, to be more sustainable. Yeah. This lifestyle as of now is... It is sustainable in the moment, but you have to think that um, it is it's not, not the rest of our life. It's not sustainable for everyone in the team either. Yeah. So I think like Olaf has to, uh, after Paris, take a little bit more time to be more home. Like, But I think for us, it's also, we don't have to do this. Like that's a big, big, big difference. I think if you are working a minimum wage job and you act, you have no escape, you know, you have to do this. If you don't pay like rent, you're going to be homeless. Then it's, it's much worse. We're doing this by choice. And if you choose to do this, it's not that hard. You always can just push, push the like button and then trout on life is over. It's, it's an easy escape. So uh, yeah, I don't feel trapped in this lifestyle. Yeah, that's good. Do you plan, for instance, like having, you know, a training center in, in Bergen where you would uh, maybe have spend more time and be more like where you belong, sort of, or like where your family is? Is that something you have in mind or like the... Maybe more a center further south. So not south in Norway, but like <laughs> <laughs> not Kristiansand, <laughs> but in uh, yeah, France or Spain. Yeah. So maybe in the Pyrenees and Volme, where we spend most of the time in the summer. Maybe finding a place there where we can stay for like six months of the year and maybe some place even further south for the winter. So making it a little bit more easy to avoid having to have that luggage feeling. Yeah. Traveling around with your stuff. Yeah. So now I have, I think, 40 kilos in total of luggage that I've been carrying around this whole year. Including Christian or? Uh, <laughs> then it's more like 140. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it is a bit of uh, a challenge to always pack the stuff you need and uh, of course you can send things and everything but uh, yeah the luggage feeling is not always that nice and you i mean having christian as family or like uh, you know adoptive families is of, of course nice but sometimes even between brothers there are like some you know tensions how do you escape that or like how Just, do you we have something called the noise cancelling <laughs> <laughs> so you can put on the the um, airpods or the the mocks 
just <laughs> disconnect from the group. So even if we can be in the same chalet in France, we can still have a week away from each other. And I think it's uh, it is quite easy there because Christian have like a, a lower breaking point than me when it comes to the social bits. So he would pull out kind of first, and he's also very good at managing it himself. Yeah, just. If you have the AirPods in, he doesn't want to be talked to. And then, yeah, you can have almost two days where it's basically no talking. But then he's back again with a like, oh, look at this meme <laughs> on his phone. Then like, uh, the anti-social life is over. Now it's back to being more normal. I think we can both be like placed uh, completely by ourselves like a month and just do our training. Yeah. So it's not like we need a, a social input like... We can be social media, yes. We so need Wi-Fi. Yeah, we, we need we need Wi-Fi. <laughs> who, sure. who, who, who needs it most? I think Christian, you you do like interact a bit I, more. I, I, I post uh, more. I respond more on <laughs> messages. I'm more like uh, talking more with my friends online. Christian is more, uh, yeah, showing off his life <laughs> <laughs> and listening to podcasts and listening to podcasts. Yeah, he, he knows every podcast, so yeah. And He's informing me. That's one thing. If he has the AirPods in and I am watching something on YouTube, he's like, oh, no, 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 post that. I'm going to tell you something about this podcast. And then he tells me, and then I reply, but he's already starting replaying the podcast. <laughs> so he doesn't really care I'm, about I'm, what I'm... I'm not there for the conversation. I'm there for the information. Yeah. <laughs> to give away information. That's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite podcast? Um, I think, like, it's a lot of different ones, but, like, triathlon-specific, the pro news to hear what they are expecting before a weekend of racing, especially if I'm racing myself, to see if they put me up there on the, as the favorite for the win. If not, I keep it in my mind until the race. And, <laughs> and then post-race, I listen to the podcast again. And check if not, like not, they're... Not the old podcast, but like the newest one. And <laughs> and see if they're like, you know, uh, okay, yeah. I see I see it. Yeah, Gustav, you don't need that, right? You're like more of a, uh, in your sphere and you don't need the outside noise to, uh, to pump you If up. I listen to podcasts, then it's mostly news. Yeah. Okay. Keeping updated on the world. I do news as well. Like yeah. in the morning, I listen to the news on the radio <laughs> just to get some input from the world. <laughs> we now we know we need to know how uh, Norway is. You know, when you spend a lot of time in France, you need to keep updated on uh, the electrical price, prices in Norway and how the wind turbines are affecting the reindeer population. So it's important to stay updated. Makes sense. Are you ready for some rapid fire, the two of you? Yes. No. Shoot. No. Shoot. no. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, each of you can answer each question. Of course, it's like either or, and um, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's just like however okay. you feel. So it's not like the quiz we had earlier today. No. So no. this podcast, I'm not sure if it's coming in out. I just have to complain a bit now because uh, we had a quiz earlier today, and the question was how many medals? <laughs> how many medals did Norway take in the Olympic in the summer of 2020? But it was no Olympics in summer. So the question was worded wrong. And I wrote zero because it was no Olympics. But I didn't get the point. So, yeah. But on to the rapid fire. I'm not too bitter anymore. It's typical <laughs> people who end up uh, outside of the top of the podium. They feel that <laughs> things they regret, things they could have done differently. I, I am really... But, okay, we're ready. Yeah, Let's okay, go. ready. Ready. Let's go. On your marks. Current plates or not? Current plates. Current plates. Favorite uh, pre-race day meal? Everything. <laughs> Cobs, pasta, pre, pre pizza. Pre-race day, yeah, pasta, pizza is, is good. Indian, uh, not spicy, but yeah. Controversial, but who is the goat, if that's something you really care about? 
I do think you need to win the Olympics and Armen World Championship to be there. Yeah, so then we say Jan. Yeah, we say Jan. Um, which other sport uh, would you do if triathlon didn't exist as a pro athlete? Cycling. Yeah. Easy. Cycling. That sure. lifestyle. Racing yeah. every day. Three weeks in a row. <laughs> would that be like World Tour type of team or uh, which which race would you have on no, your calendar? No, no, yeah, first? Tour de France and these okay. kind of things, yeah. Bissell would be like an outlier in the team who just raced for himself. Ripped off the <laughs> radio and just... <laughs> this radio sounds much like a podcast. I don't want to listen to this shit. <laughs> Well, I would be the road captain controlling the pace and uh, yeah, <laughs> doing the work, getting water for the boys. And, and yeah. then being dropped in a downhill. <laughs> Next. Um, if, let's say, 2040 triathlon needs to add a fourth board for some reason, like, you know, it's a new regulation, fourth board had to, had to come in, uh, which one would you... Um, PTO 100k. Yeah, but no, no, no. no like what sport, what like kind of this? Swim, like, run, and I know chess, And one you know? more. One more. Yeah, chess boxing, you know, we need to add another, another sport. I think um, if you need endurance sport, I guess kayaking makes sense or like rowing, but... Uh, you don't want to be in the water too long. No, uh, but you already have the water because of the swim, you know? I know. We are from Norway, you know? Yeah. So maybe... Don't like say skiing. Skiing. <laughs> no. Like roller skiing. But it's no. tricky because then it's like not really a summer classic, Olympics type of... Classic roller skiing. No, no, I think no. there's nothing better to watch on TV than... But like, what kind of endurance sport do you have other than swim, bike, run? Yeah, caking makes sense. Like line caking. What's the name of this one? Like when they go like four in a row. And oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? So you have like a team, you mean? MTB or something like that. No. Yeah, but that's still cycling, so it's kind of the same. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. Um, if you had to, like, again, new regulation 2042, uh, the, the order of the sports have to, has to change. How would you like to have it? Finish it with the bike. Yeah. But I think but starting with you, you have to have the swim first because if it's cold you have to add a wetsuit and the transition would be insane. So then would be swim, run, bike. And imagine safety. Yeah. Like if you take a full distance race, if you suddenly have swimmers spread across the the, <laughs> the water for from seven to seventeen hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people almost being on the yeah, if it's already some death on the swim. When it's the first. Yeah. Imagine how it is if it's the last. That's true. Um, if you had to pick, like, you cannot be a pro athlete for some reason, which other job would you pick? I think uh, if it's just like a normal job, not involved with triathlon at all, I think uh, a teacher would be nice. I would be a sport manager. <laughs> but not in triathlon, because no, it doesn't exist. No, no, be skiing. Like skiing. <laughs> um, what's your favorite on-running shoe? Um, I would say I'm most proud of the product we made for Kona. That was kind of my product as well. And we did a huge job with it. So I would say my Kona shoe. I'll have to go back to the names. It's Claude Echo Boom 3. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay, that's for the rapid fire. And now we have uh, two questions coming from the audience, the community. Uh, one is similar to one of the rapid fire, but it's uh, coming from David. Uh, what is Shout out to David. Shout out to David. Um, what is your favorite post-race meal? Chocolate milkshake. Yeah, that's nice. McFlurry um, with yeah. M&M. Maybe some French fries, keeping it simple. Like d direct after the race or like a couple hours after? Uh, it depends. I think in, uh, in Kona we had this lounge where they had some different meals and a French fry was the best there. But it depends if it's... You want carbs. Yeah, you want some carbs, but also you're kind of uh, nauseous and too tired to really eat a real meal straight after. So... 
yeah, something simple in the start. And then the evening, maybe some hamburgers. It's nice. Yeah. Makes sense. And it's second, di- it's difficult to choose something completely different because we're always going to the same restaurants. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like I can go to burger and you have Indian at no. the same time. <laughs> so you, you, you never like split. You always go to, to, the, to the same place because it's like easier or because it's like just how you do it. It's, it's weird. If I, we go together to dinner and I would go to a burger place in Christian. Nah, I want Indian. You go there. So we compromise. Yeah. yeah. Bit burger makes sense. Yeah. Second question uh, coming from I think it's Alicia. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Shout out Alicia. Um, would you ever race Xterra? Would be cool, but I don't have a mountain bike, so it would be nice to go to. Shout out Giant. <laughs> yeah. So maybe. Yeah, I've done uh, some mountain bike racing when I was young. So yeah, definitely, and I love trail running. So I, I think that could I could be a second Hawaii title for you in. Maui, is it like the uh, exterior it's Not anymore. Now. Yeah, really? now it's in Italy, I think. It was last time. Okay. Was it Italy? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Europe. They're changing for sure. it. Yeah. Okay. So every year they go to another location. For the first time, I think. Okay. Yeah. So no second Hawaii title. For you. Uh, but it's coming back, maybe. We'll see. Uh, we have like five minutes left, and I have a uh, big question for you. How do you feel about uh, Nice and Kona? Like the, you know, it's switch? great. It's good. Like it's maybe tricky to. To separate the men and the women uh but like the fact that you have a second course like this it's an epic place as i said earlier today it's my favorite city in the world <laughs> nice uh mountains around and the seventh different tree race in 2019 is like one of the favorite races i've done even though <clears throat> people don't <throat> remember that i raced because i came fourth who september, <laughs> september 8 2019 uh and then the atmosphere there on the, the promenade and yeah it was a great course great location and uh central in europe and yeah the, the bike course will be very good for you right Gustav? Uh, yeah i also love nice i think the biggest mistake is separating the men and the women because uh yeah it is kind of what makes triathlon unique that you always had the same distance and price money and attention around uh yesterday was actually women's day you know <laughs> <laughs> and triathlon has been extremely good in that sense uh but separating the sexes is that's not the right choice for sure uh and they couldn't have both uh days in hawaii so or they couldn't have two days in hawaii and i didn't want both on the same day so that's the thing so i guess we're not going to see men and female racing together in the same place for at least a few years so but moving it around i'm for sure um i'm a big fan Okay. And also it makes it more affordable to travel. Like the prices in Kona last year was just insane. And you don't want to have a sport where only the... A tiny fraction can afford the traveling. Yeah, yeah. you want to make it more affordable. So yeah, so the pros had to come like standard. You have to come top 10 or something for breaking even. No, no. Top 10 is price money. Top okay. 5 is like even. Okay. <laughs> so it's, so it's, it's insane. Also coming top 10, you don't even break even. No, you're losing money to go to Hawaii if you're staying there more than like two days, I guess. Yeah. But also you want for the age groupers, you don't want to just yeah. at the top of the... Yeah, but that's insane to have like a world championship that you're losing money racing yeah. if you're not basically coming on a podium. So yeah, you need to press the prices down some way. Not that Nice is the cheapest city in the world, but it's definitely a lot cheaper than, uh, than Hawaii and you have a lot of other options as well. 
So yeah, yeah, it's a good choice. And so this year we won't see you in, in Nice, I guess, unless like you want to reveal a, a big surprise on the on the podcast. But I imagine it's not on your plans. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess yeah. this is not the time to. No, um, we're, we're not talking about the big surprise. We're going to take that in another podcast, That's a bigger podcast. <laughs> <no>? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but next year, Kona, is that something you can do, like racing the Olympics on July 30? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, that's a uh plenty of time to turn around like uh we know the course from last year and uh we have that experience and uh, already qualified so yeah i think we are ready for corner next year for sure cool guys thank you so much uh it was a pleasure to have you Merci uh, quite uh, impressive to have the two of you sitting here um very grateful for your time and uh yeah uh, let's see you in another episode uh, of this podcast thank for you sure. ciao Thanks for listening to this episode of the Limitless Performance Podcast by Meta Endurance. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it will inspire you to go beyond your limits. You can find us on social media at Meta Endurance and at Alex Felitti. Don't hesitate to tag us and ask your questions. We'll try to answer as many of them as we can in the upcoming episodes. Thanks again and see you in the next one.